who've been listening recently in Ashburn, Virginia, America, Nairobi, Kenya, Washington, D.C., Dublin and Macau. Macau? And oh, yeah, that. that place. Yeah. Never heard of that one either. Mm. But anyway. Book your ideas. Up Near China. Well down the list. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. And today we're going to be finishing off... I'm going to be finishing off Jack the Ripper. That'd be wrong. <laughs> we're going to be concluding <laughs> off to our tale of Jack the Ripper. Um, we're going to go through the suspects. Do you know how many suspects there are after this, guys? You said hundreds. Literally millions. About, about a hundred, and every year, more and more, you know, another couple are added, another couple of names are added, because some author allegedly sort of unearthed some new little fascinating bit of evidence that puts so-and-so there. Yeah, there's a hundred, so I think... We're we doing all 100? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay, no. cool, because I only brought a couple of cans. <laughs> <laughs> Do nine or ten. We haven't got enough weed for hundreds. That's true. Times are hard. So, yes, we'll be doing that. But first, we will do Weird News. And this will take about 20 minutes, half an hour. Then we'll cut on to the main thrust of today's topic. Oh, yeah. Let's get the boys' views on this week's Weird News. So what's up first? Uh, <laughs> Yuri Geller says he will use, and I'm going to put quotation marks in, telepathic powers, end quote, to stop Jeremy Corbyn becoming PM. The worst thing about this is there is an action tomorrow and Corbyn doesn't get in. Yuri Geller will claim fucking credit for it. Yeah. It's very undemocratic of him, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit. You know what I mean? It's like he's got superpowers, he's got more than one vote, he's got superpowers. Well, I would like. Superheroes shouldn't get to vote. No, I also want to point out why is an Israeli national interfering with British democracy? No, okay, I'll take it. That's a good point. Not all. What's it got to do with him? Yeah, what's it got to do with him? Superheroes per se can vote if they're registered as humans, but telepathic superheroes definitely shouldn't be allowed anywhere near elections. Yeah, because Professor X... I mean, he could he just... Wanted, face, he, he, he just did, did you sit there, put Cerebro on, <laughs> tell everyone to vote how he wanted to have exactly. Vote for him. You want him campaigning for you, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'd rather him than some of the cunts we've got now, <laughs> old Professor X. Um, At least he's all a better quality. Yeah, you know. Till the mutants take over. And if you really piss him off, he'll crush your fucking brain with his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the mutant parties were hundred percent the votes again. <laughs> man, unless humans have been hunted down and killed, then it won't go so well. Oh man. It'd be I think the muties the reality of it would be a bit more like because I've been reading Judge Dredd today, so it's on my mind. Muties aren't treated well in the old Judge Dredd universe. No, they're not. They're not celebrated <laughs> or looked after. They're sort of hunted down and uh Well, not hunted down, but they live in townships in the radioactive earth. Anyway, that's a massive, massive tangent. What's this? That's post-Brexit. Utter mullet of a man 
this fantastical bell end been doing then? Well, celebrity spoon bender. <laughs> um, well, I I put that in. That's how the article's written. I always made that up because I hate the fucking. That is the only way to describe him, though. Spoon bender. A. Oh fuck it. You know what? It's a cheap trick, isn't it? You you basically rub the stem of the spoon between thumb and forefinger. It gets a bit warm. It bends because the metal's malleable. No, Ben. He can bend spoons with his mind. What's more likely? (laughs) Oh, you have really strong fingers. Yeah. Whatever. That's achievable. It's not superpower. No. Finger man! <laughs> He's very popular with the though. ladies, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you're, you're claiming to, you've been claiming to be psychic for all these years, mate, over a fucking child's magic trick. Yeah, and so what's he going to do? Is he that powerful that he can control the minds of a mass populace and affect the way they vote, or is he just going to channel in on Jeremy himself and make him fall down the stairs or something? Like, will he assassinate him? Because it'd be daft saying it publicly. Well, yeah. The Israeli-born psychic who lives in a mansion in Berkshire. Who the fucking hell has he got a mansion? Mate, he toured for years doing the spoon-bending show. Uh, He was on TV, he had TV shows. Well, he's he's speaking on a panel with another famous racist, Rosanne Barr. (laughs) (laughs) At an event chaired by an American rabbi, uh, I'm not going to say his name. Shmooly Botiak? Shmooly Botich? Botek? Shmooly, definitely Shmooly. He says that in answer to a question of the Labour Party leader, Mr. Geller told the Jerusalem audience, I have no problem in saying he's an anti-Semite. God forbid if he takes control. Well, he's not an anti-Semite, is he? Strangely, he spent all them years campaigning against racism and yeah. racism and to come out as an anti-Semite. Are we still on about the Yuri Geller? Yes, we are. He's Jewish, though, isn't he? He's saying Corbyn's anti-Semite. Oh. Uh... Um, Mr. Geller was asked by Rabbi Botek if he thought it would damage his celebrity status. If he spoke out by calling Mr. Corbyn and he said, Mr. Gray said, yes, I have no celebrity status, I'm not a celebrity, I'm just a man who appears on TV and Ben Spoons. No, he didn't say that. He said, I have charisma. <sighs> if I had said it, I would say it in the right way. I would have to say it live on TV in Britain and feel the Jewish people looking at me. Uh, Mr. Geller, who was the subject of a documentary that claimed he used his telepathic and psychic powers in a number of key CIA operations during the Cold War, said he would make sure... Mr. Corbyn never became Prime Minister. That was a documentary I saw that made me a believer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, that remote viewing, it, it was 100% unsuccessful. Uh, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, t- the mainstream media go on about Russian interference in election. This guy's going to use his telepathic powers to prevent a democratic process. Someone yeah, take him the, out. The thing, is, the thing is with this, Mike. Is he hasn't got any telepathic powers? <laughs> well, I know that. And you know that. <laughs> he doesn't know that. He well, thinks he has. It's the fact that he actually, he's actually got the will to do it. And he, he thinks he wants to do yeah, it. Yeah, he thinks he's got the, the right mm. to interfere in other nations' elections. Maybe it's because he thinks, well... No, I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> I was going to talk about the Holocaust. Let's move on. <laughs> I was going to say, Jewish people maybe can get away with it because of what happened. Maybe they've got a bit more, like you have to let him think he can do a bit of fascism because, you know. He's basically, what well, it is, isn't it? He lives in a mansion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Corbyn gets in, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's going to start paying a bit more yeah. tax. That's what it is. Did you know that he had a Rolls Royce covered in bent spoons? <sighs> that is a, I've seen it. That yeah. is a real thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a Cadillac. 
Oh, is it mentioned in the article? Yeah, hang on, we'll get down. Um, Miss Barr, whose sitcom Roseanne was revived last year but then cancelled after she tweeted apparently racist comments about an African-American member of the Obama administration, said she would support Mr. Geller with telepathic powers too. Oh. So uh, she's interfering as well? Yeah. The nerve of these people, in it, guys? Fucking celebrities, mate. Mr. Geller also retold the story about how he met Theresa May in 2014 and predicted she would become Prime Minister. Oh, fuck off. He said Mrs. May came to meet him and he showed her his Cadillac covered in spoons, some of which are owned, used or touched by famous personalities. Ooh. I told her to touch Winston Churchill's spoon. I told her she was going to be Prime Minister and she laughed. It's important she stays in power because God forbid Corbyn should take his place and I'll have to pay more tax. I, I added that bit. Listen, yeah, God forbid that, you know... Rich, rich fucking spoon bender. Yeah. Has to pay a bit more God taxes. forbid that homelessness will actually go down under a Corbyn government. God forbid that people won't be needing food banks. God forbid people ought to, you know, afford the basics in life. Well, Mike, if they just everyone just learned to bend spoons, we'd all be rich and famous like Yuri Geller. Just back, just calm down. Leave it. Have a bit of respect. He's our only, as far as we know, our only living superhero. And all right, he wants to interfere in our election. I think he's we not a superhero. Can you bend spoons? Yeah. You've been telling me how easy it is. Yeah, I could do it. Come on then, get a spoon. That's shit audio, to be fair. Yeah, bend them with me knob. Next week. Fair enough. Right, so... Um, wow. <laughs> Should we have the next In conclusion, story? Mike can bend spoons with his penis <laughs> and Yuri Geller's a fucking fake and a fraud yep. and needs to fuck off quietly somewhere and go and lie in a gutter. But if he asked me out for a, like, you wanted to pay me to go out one night and live it up, I'd be up for it, Yuri. I'll come along just to punch you. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wine and dine our only living superhero. Anyway, this is not the hill I'm well, gonna Well, maybe die the on. next article, we can help you together. Fair enough. Why is that? Because scientists find magic mushrooms could help fight fascism. Well, of course they. F- no <laughs> shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'd like to be the scientist who spent all them years yeah. doing that research, so wouldn't you? Yeah, but they don't need the mushrooms to fascists. <laughs> you don't need a laboratory tree, a laboratory to fucking know that, do you? You just go to Glastonbury. <laughs> you don't yeah. see many fist fights there, mate, and everyone's fucking wrecked. But you know. Yeah. It's hard to be angry you when you see the colours and you're Pro Nazi rallies at Glastonbury. Right. You don't actually. So you're a Nazi, you're out there shouting angry, or I hate calling them Nazis, the modern... Neo-Nazi. The modern neo-Nazi, who's not really a Nazi, they are a fascist. But anyway, you're out there shouting some angry shit, you're all fucking riled up, someone doses you with mushrooms, suddenly you start feeling an urge to hug the floor because (laughs) you feel so at one with the humming rhythmic nature of the earth itself. You're seeing colours everywhere. Sound is like sounds like it's got a phaser on it. It's got and you just feel wonderful. You're gonna forget about trying to stamp on somebody's head, then, aren't you? You're just gonna lie there and like hope you get through. No, you're just gonna sit down or lie down, fall down. I think yeah. Whoever spent money on this study should be ashamed of themselves. I don't. I think it's a fantastic study. I'm allowed to be a part of it. (laughs) You don't. You don't need to be part of the study, Ben. You can just go and buy mushrooms off a drug dealer yeah, this and way take it's legal. them. Oh, that's so. I don't know. <laughs> Takes all the fun out of it. I'll go and do it in a laboratory setting, or they're like fucking clockwork orange style. Tearing <laughs> my eyes open. Probes in his head. Yeah. 
looking at up your ass. Gaz said this was magical and fun. It feels like I'm being invaded by a giant spider. Oh. They just push us in so you know. Oh. We need a full set of results, Mr. Carter. Hold still. I'm not a fascist, or you just want to draw the drugs. Count the colours while I push it down. <laughs> yeah, you go do it in your laboratory, man. Do you know what? I think I'm on your side. Change your mind. <laughs> I actually turned you around on something. Hey. Should we read the article? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although we have just pretty much. Yeah, summed it up. Summed it up, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty much, I'm pre- we'll go there, but I'm pretty confident he's got the same conclusion we have. <laughs> yeah, they're less likely to embrace authoritarian views and maybe become more connected with nature. So there we go. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sorry, that's the sound of me closing the curtains. I'm sorry, listener. Mike, well, Mike asked me to do it ages ago and I didn't. Yeah. There you go. They all know I'm a lazy twat now, so. <laughs> all right, what's next? Oh, it's a cheerful one. Uh, Dickensian diseases, gout, whooping cough, and scarlet fever are on the rise. Wow. UK hospital for illnesses. That's what Theresa government has bought us. By three thousand a year oh. since twenty ten. Despite certain illnesses virtually being eradicated in the nineteen fifties, hospital attendance for some Victorian diseases have risen by fifty two percent since twenty ten uh, to twenty eleven, an increase of over three thousand admissions a year. Uh, the rise has been put down to sustained cuts to local authority public health budgets, which experts say have resulted in the services of protecting its illness being scaled back. Uh, Helen Donovan, the Royal College of Nursing's professional lead for public health, said the findings were concerning. Hospital visits for scarlet fever, a leading cause of infant deaths in the early 20th century, for example, rose from 429 in 2010 to 1,321. And she said the government should accept... Uh, it's responsibility for failing the most vulnerable in our society and commit to investing properly in vital public health services. It's like fucking Ghostbusters or something when the <laughs> Titanic comes back and like, has somebody opened the gates of hell? And it's yep. all spewing its way through backwards and just... <laughs> scarlet fucking fever. Doesn't even sound real. Oh yeah, I need that ashtray. Sorry, spliff politics listening. Um, wow. So, are they going to do something about it? No. Oh. <laughs> Although it was um, virtually wiped out in the 50s following a nationwide vaccination programme, emissions of the primary diagnosis of whooping cough went up by 59%. That could be an- the anti-vax people, though. Mm. We've not had so many of them in Britain, but it seems to be fucking taking root over here. Um, malnutrition numbers went up from 531 to 819. And gout numbers rose from 4,935 to 6,824. You've had that, you gout. I had gout once, it was fucking painful. I'm racked with self gout, mate. <laughs> hey! Sorry. That's Sorry. Yeah! Well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking painful, that is gout, you don't want that. Well, that was a lovely story. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a nice segue back into Victorian times, isn't it? Oh, yeah, because we're literally <laughs> reverting yeah. back. Well, imagine the telephone becomes a Victorian slum. Some parts of it are I was going to say, bits of it are almost there. Wow. So, is that the end of the weird news yeah. this week? Yeah. Fantastic. Um, that's it. So, are we all right to carry on or do you want to take a piss break? Uh, no, I'm okay. I'm good. But, um, 
just before you uh, before you get into the main, it's Jack the Ripper related, Ben. Okay. And Mike, a special treat for you guys that uh, I've set up for you. I've spent uh, a significant amount of time today scouring the internet, and I now present to you for the next three minutes a non-stop succession of Jack the Ripper jokes. <laughs> oh man! <clears throat> Welcome to the Jack the Ripper stand-up special. <laughs> Jack the Ripper walks into a bar. He asks for the uh, the most expensive scotch in the world. Barman says it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. Jack says, deal. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what do Winnie the Pooh and Jack the Ripper have in common? Go on. Their middle names. Um, Jack and a lovely... Right, anyone say this is going on for? <laughs> Three minutes. <laughs> Three long Stop minutes. Stop interrupting him, Ben. <laughs> be quicker this way. Right, you see him in silence, Mike. <laughs> I'm starting, so I'll finish. Jack and a lovely young lady are walking through some woods together. The lady pulled Jack closer and said, I'm scared of the dark. And he said, you're scared. I'm the one who's walking home alone. <laughs> um, I'll add the side effects of tumbleweeds so, um, in there. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we don't need to. They're already here. Uh, what's Jack the Ripper's favourite? chap line. Girl, can I get your digits? Uh, <laughs> is this thing on? Hello. How does Jack, how does Jack make, how does Jack the Ripper make money on the side? He moonlights as Jack the Stripper. What's the most dangerous fish in the ocean? Jack the Kipper. Jack the Kipper. Yes! Don't fucking heckle me. <laughs> the funniest thing <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you what, ladies and gents. I'll tell you what. I'm glad it didn't snow much this year. Why is that, I hear you ask? Yeah, why is that? Well, it stopped Jack the Ripper from going out slaying. No. What's the only thing... Oh, this is one for the ladies. What's the only thing worse than getting raped by Jack the Ripper? Getting fingered by Captain Hook. <laughs> Do you know what, ladies and gents? <laughs> Which side did you get these from? <laughs> don't interrupt me, don't heckle. <laughs> Shitjokes.com <laughs> Wait for it. Don't, don't speak too soon. Go on. Do you know what, ladies and gents? I'd be gutted if I was a victim mm. of Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper walks into a bakery and says, Core, I could murder a tart. Hey there. <laughs> uh, what's the difference between your job and a dead prostitute? I don't know. Your job still sucks. <laughs> what did Jack the Ripper and Kermit the Frog have in common? One. Are you fucking serious? Their middle name. Oh. It's the same as the one I did. Yeah. You see, comedy. Um, That's my word well, for it. You've been a fantastic audience. Have a safe journey home, and if you're going through Whitechapel, try and get home in one piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. <sighs> That's my contribution. Oh, I can't speak. My contribution. I'm so stunned by my own humour. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got the Bernard from, um... Manning of the 21st century. <laughs> I think my brain's melted. Come on! <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It was. There was, it was some also... good ones in there. <laughs> I thought you were going to end on a good one, but it didn't happen. <laughs> well, turns out the internet that I scoured was actually quite scarce on. It's quite a specific yeah, thing, Jack I... the Ripper jokes. They weren't too bad, mate. To fair, they're right. Thanks. I think that the highlight was Jack the Kipper. Yeah, that was the best. Well, I think, you know, Mike stole my thunder, jumping in and stealing the punchline. <laughs> um, well, I think, remember last time I, I did jokes related to the subject, I think it was time travel and they were not received very well. Again, I didn't write them, I just found them. <laughs> I think this could be a new feature. Yeah, I don't. What? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. <laughs> he loves to encourage people, uh, doesn't he? <laughs> on with the show. You miserable cunts. Let's talk about dead prazzies. <laughs> I was Sex with workers. you on your side. I'm alright, you can do one more. <laughs> well, what's As I was given Lordship has spoken, <laughs> his decree is final. Okay, right. I am the law. <laughs> no. Right, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, Jack the Ripper suspects. Pick a name, any name. Could be any fucker. No one's gonna know. There's over a hundred now. Every year the number grows as yet another author throws yet another name into the ring as a contender. Of course, every book will tell you the author has solved this coldest of cold cases. And some actually do add some fascinating little nuggets of information. Sadly, most will just twist the facts to fit the author's particular theory. Now, as in leading on to the suspects, and we'll do the sort of the most sort of popular ones, originally the Whitechapel police originally thought that a gang was committing the murders, but by the murder of Annie Chapman and they got all the letters, they realised that it was in fact a lone killer. The police theory initially was the killer had medical anatomical knowledge, which led to uh, the activities of several medical students who had spent time in mental asylums. Because you're going to give a doctor's job to someone who's been in a mental <laughs> asylum. I think they went mental after they got the doctor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they got mental first. <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought, you know, we need more qualified doctors. <laughs> Have you tried the mental inside? <laughs> well, I want to be a doctor. You want to be cured by a combination on, of then. cocaine, opium, and uh, electroshock therapy. And lobotomy. And lobotomy. They'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be stitching arms to legs and stuff while they'll be all over the place. Yeah, it gives some raging fucking you know, Think zoom. about it. You can go, you get the barbers have your leg taken off. What fucking barbers are you going to? <laughs> and what are you asking for? <laughs> Just a bit off below the knee, please. <laughs> Do you know that? No. <laughs> Barbers they did, yeah. were barber surgeons. Oh, you could wow. literally go to the hairdressers, go to the barbers, have your leg off, a tooth pull out, and a short back and the sides. Yeah, but that's not your leg cut off, though, is it? A tooth yeah, out. Yeah, they could do all that. They doubled up. So, you know, the red yeah. and white. There's a bit of a difference between your tooth out and your leg off. Though, they could have it all done in one day if you wanted. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Anyone in for a short back and side now, a quadriplegic? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy had sepsis. Oh man, I don't want to. Hear <coughs> yeah, the capitalist society—that's fucking. Uh, you know, they make it up, wouldn't they? Yeah, just to, just to make money. I don't want to live in these. You need a new spine, sir. He's <laughs> <laughs> not building Frankenstein's monster, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> grave robbing and swapping bits over. It sounds fucking miserable. So is that where Sweeney Todd comes from? Yeah. There you go. Demon butcher. Wasn't he a pie maker? I, I think he, he killed customers and put them in the pie. Yeah. I think. Maybe. Never actually seen it. Yeah. So we, one thing that everyone will agree on is that whoever was Jack the Ripper, mm. it's certain that he knew the area very well. Over 2,000 interviews were carried out in Whitechapel, with 300 people were actually investigated. So that's a long list 300 people, 300 suspects. They couldn't narrow that down a bit. They were investigated and obviously they, they were uh, acquitted or dropped as people of interest, I suppose. So it's, I've got an alibi, Governor. Yeah, I was down. The, I was in the Ten Bells that night, getting smashed on cheap gin. Yeah, ask ask Larry the liar. 
You know, the bricky. He was there. Ask that Jack fella. Yeah, Jack was there. <laughs> Ask him. Big bloke with an apron on, leather, and a cloak. He popped out for a bit, came back and boom, fresh blood on him. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I sold him off a kipper for an arm and a leg. Of course, there's a theory that it was a woman. And it was Jill the Ripper rather than Jack. Mm. This was considered by the uh, police investigator. Many female murderers at the time? Uh, female serial killers are very rare. To be honest, there's only sort of a handful, really. Um. It's a male-dominated world. No equality in serial killing. Maybe it was another hooker. Well, they think it was a deranged midwife. Oh. Maybe it was one hooker, a jealous, deranged former midwife hooker, who wanted to take out the competition. Possibly. Keep some trophies. Uh, yeah. Jill the Ripper. Jill the Ripper. Yes. She sounds hot. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me you've said that. <laughs> Detective Abilene was one of the first to put forward the idea that Whitechapel murderer might be a woman after the murder of Mary Jane Kelly. Uh, she was the last victim, one of the last of the canonical five. One of the witnesses interviewed following Kelly's murder was adamant that she had seen the murder victim alive and seriously hungover hours before her body was discovered. Mrs. Caroline Maxwell insisted she'd seen her outside uh, the Britannia public house wearing a dark shirt, velvet bodice and maroon-coloured shawl, the last of which she'd seen Kelly wear many, many times. This led Avalon to ponder led you think it could be a case of not Jack the Ripper, but Jill the Ripper. The idea that a midwife would be the only type of woman capable of killing in such a gory way. Rumours that Mary Kelly was pregnant at the time of her death fed into theory due to a midwife's easy access to other women's homes. No one would look twice at a midwife with blood on her clothing, and moreover, she could slip away mm. from her crime scenes unnoticed the way the Ripper was notorious for doing. Makes sense. I've got to be honest, though, even if I uh, was walk, say, when I walked to the van later tonight from your flat, and like, I see a woman in sort of medical type clothing, but she's still absolutely <laughs> plastered in gore. And she's like, oh, I know it looks horrible, but don't worry, I'm a midwife. I'm still going to think. Yeah, but this is the 1800s. It's a bit different. Yeah, I mean, people remember, you see, you've got blokes walking around with leather aprons on covered in blood because they've just come from the slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I just delivered a baby. Yeah. How did you do it? Fucking explode it out with dynamite. <laughs> I did it with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big knife. Uh, yeah, no, okay. Do you think that's a possible... I'm going to write these down and we'll give them a mark out of five. And we'll see who we okay. think the most popular, most... I'll give a mark out of ten, that's more... Well, Standard. Right, the, the ten, um, the ten chainsaw <laughs> guide. Jill the Ripper, I like it, uh, because apart from the stabby stuff and the taking the organs, it's a bit hot. hot <laughs> hotter than the normal Jack the Ripper. No, I'm joking, it's not hot at all. Uh, and I'm not making light of it, I am. Uh, I, I don't know, it's possible, isn't it? Because maybe... Do you give it a vote now? Yeah, yeah, let's give it a vote now, because there's no names as such, it's just, there's this theory. Right, I'm going to give it a seven. Mike's a seven. Seven, I guess. All right, we'll go with seven, because it's likely, I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah, we're going to do individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it, she went crazy for some reason, and she can't do, uh, deliver babies anymore, so she, like, demolishes in a really graphic, horrific way the fucking reproductive areas. That was the thing I was thinking. Random hookers. Or a, um, 
a closet lesbian, frustrated. Well, there's frustrated, then there's like ripping <laughs> out the uterus. I've got no children. <laughs> Maybe she caught some nasty disease. Well, you could try all lesbians want to eat your brains, don't they? Or something, something like that, yeah. Who says that? Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> they want to eat something, but it ain't brains. <laughs> uh, lettuce. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do a seven. Yeah. Could be possibility it was a, a mad midwife. Right, the mic, next one, please. Uh, Dr. Neil Cream. <laughs> this one's quite Dr. good, actually. Dr. Cream will see you now. <laughs> this one's quite good. Uh, I like this one. Uh, Dr. Neil Thomas Cream was hanged at Newgate Prison on the 15th of November, 1892, for poisoning four prostitutes in London. Just as he was being hanged, the hangman, James Billington, claimed he heard him say, I am Jack, just as the trap fell from beneath his feet. Was he about to confess to being Jack the Ripper? Um, so what you got previous, he's killed four prostitutes. Um, maybe he was about to say... I am jacking off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in your faces, your guns, <laughs> you kill me. I'm jacking off at you in your general... I jack in your general direction. <laughs> I am Jack. Ing off. Yeah. Yeah, in your general direction, okay. I am Jack shit, he was going to say. I'm nothing. Nobody. Well, he's killed four prostitutes. He was to say that it wasn't uh, he. What, wasn't made him... what was the date that he was hanged? Fifteenth of November, eighteen ninety-two. When did the murder stop? Oh, before that. Well, last murder was. Um... What made him change his modus operandi? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> from That's a good point. from ripping like, people like to pieces yeah. to poisoning. That's put some doubt in my mind now. You know what yeah. I mean? It's two yeah. different yeah. sort of psychological minds we're dealing with there, in my humble opinion. It's a possibility, you know, saying that change the MO, maybe he was still doing it and the poisoning was an added kick for him. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe he thought that... Maybe he was doing it under the guise of surgery. Maybe he got tired of the gore. The anatomical knowledge ties in, because right. well, the police did say that the, they thought the, 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 the killer had anatomical knowledge. I'll give this, I'll give this a seven as well for me. I'll go five for this one. I'll go in the middle and go six then. Okay. Everyone happy with the six? No. No, do individual. As we're all seven, seven, seven. Uh, I'm going six, five, seven. Okay, so next one. There's a chapter of a bingo, this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play that. <laughs> Will you go home with your fanny? Oh, won't you? <laughs> Twenty-two, I'm gonna gut you. <laughs> oh, so this is James Maybrick, and this is the Diary of Jack the Ripper. A Liverpoolian cotton merchant in 1992, Michael Barrett, a former Liverpool scrap metal merchant, produced a journal which he claimed to have been given him by a friend, Tony Devereux, in a pub the previous year. I'm Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Although the author of the diary didn't actually identify himself by name, it's quite obvious from various personal references of other information contained within the journal the diarist is meant to be the Liverpool cotton merchant James Maybrick. Maybrick died in May 1889 and shortly after his death his wife Florence was arrested and charged in murdering him by poisoning him with arsenic. In the diary, the author makes a claim that he had seen his wife, whom he calls the bitch or the whore in the page of the diary, and her unnamed lover in the Whitechapel district of Liverpool. 
The subsequent rage he experienced following the sighting sent him on a murderous rampage in the Whitechapel district of London, in the course of which he mutilated and killed five prostitutes. The author contains a somewhat long-winded description of the murders, or ending with the assertion, I give my name, let all know of me, so history do what you do tell what love can do to a gentleman born, yours truly, Jack the Ripper. So if he's from Liverpool, he can go into town, he can do what he want to do, he can leave again the next my, day. My biggest question is, so he sees a buffing somebody else in Whitechapel in Liverpool, and he says, right, I'm going to Whitechapel. No, no, Whitechapel's in London, he's from Liverpool. Yeah, but it says, hang on. He saw his wife in Whitechapel with another bloke. I'm sure they, were both in, they were both in London, he must have stood out. I'm sure it said in Liverpool, I'm being thick. So, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it did actually. Yeah, Whitechapel sorry. District of Liverpool. That's a typo from jacktheripper.org. Uh, That's because I don't remember, I don't remember yeah. Whitechapel in Liverpool when I was there. So I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. so I don't like Whitechapel in Liverpool, so I'm going to Whitechapel <laughs> in Liverpool <laughs> to mash up some whores <laughs> in revenge. Take that, Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a typo. Yeah, uh, I would go with that. All right, then. I'm thinking that he sort of, that's his fantasy. I think he's living out of fantasy through Jack the Ripper. He's heard of it at this time. Yeah. It's a bit like me writing a diary where I don't really name myself, but I make it obvious who it's me and I claim to be Batman. But you wouldn't write your own, I am I am so-and-so to start the diary, would you? you just no, well, neither did he. It. You wouldn't write your own name in it. That's my point, but yeah. he, he left clues in there to prove who he is. But I could just write one and say, I'm Batman. It's the same thing, Jack the Ripper was the Batman of the day. Sort of. He did that. And he might not even been real. No, he was real. No, it might have been, like, Jill. I think he's Could living a, gang. a fantasy through Jack the Ripper. That's what I mean. So well, he's, yeah. he's trying to say... There's a, there's a little bit more to this, apart from the diary. Oh, go on then. Ripperologist. Um, the first jet yeah, oh, reaction <laughs> experts on examining, examining the diary was encouraging. Several of them agreed that if nothing else, it was most certainly of the correct period to be written by James Maybrick. But they also make it plain that a far more thorough forensic analysis was needed in order to establish exactly when the journal was written. And it was at this point the scientific data became somewhat blurred and con contradictory. Uh, Michael Barrett confesses that he forged it and then says he, uh, he hadn't, basically. He informed the Liverpool Post he had in fact forged a diary and then he retracted his confession. So the details within the diary, do they demonstrate the author did indeed have first-hand knowledge that could only be known to the perpetrator or other Jack the Ripper crimes? In a world, no, there are common fallacies and misconceptions. What he says about Mary Kelly's murder... That's important. It's apparent on close scrutiny of the diary that many of the descriptions of the crimes and the crime scenes are actually taken from press reports and later accounts of yeah. Jack Ripper murders. So that's, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Let's right. so go down to the bottom because there's a little bullshit. bit more. Apparently, in 1993, Albert Johnson purchased an antique gold watch on the inside of which he found scratched the initials of Jack the Ripper's five victims together with the signature J. Maybrick and the words, I am Jack. I think that's bullshit, personally. I think he's done that himself. He's heard about the diary mm. and gone, oh, I can make a bit of money here. Yeah, I, I think I'm not going to give this one a very high score. I think Mike's right. He's trying to, he's trying to you know, make a name for himself and... Yeah, I'm Jack the Ripper. Tell all your friends about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I'm going 
going to give this one a three. Ooh. I'm going to give it a four. Four. I'm going to go, um, I'm probably going to go four as well. Sounds cool, mm. but when you say that there's things that don't match up to the actual murders, <coughs> you just took it from press reports, and it's like, yeah. well... Backs up my theory. Yeah, and yeah. so anyone could have wrote it that way, couldn't I they? think the watch is bollocks as well. Yeah. You want to do that. You don't want to get caught, do you? I, oh, my God. That name? Thomas Cutbush. Oof. Yeah. I, I was about to read, <laughs> I read it differently at first. Cutbush. <laughs> yeah, but Cutbush is worse when you think about what happened to the women. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Thomas Cutbush. <laughs> I do Brazilians, don't you know? Uh, <laughs> do you know, I once wrote a song that was ripped off by Tina Turner. <laughs> Cutbush City <laughs> Bastards changed one letter. <laughs> Made a million dollars. Cutbush City <laughs> Sorry, I'm being very silly. <laughs> What's um, he saying? Uh, in November 2008, the files of Thomas Cutbush are made public at the Reading Records office. Whereas these files don't contain any earth-shattering revelations that directly link Tom Thomas Cutbush with the Jack the killings, they certainly provide an intriguing insight into a man who is evidently a favoured media suspect. Uh, he was named as Jack the Ripper in a series of articles that appeared in The Sun. Oh. Hey, The Sun newspaper in 1894. Oh, I think it's all associated with The Sun. And it reporting bullshit since 1890 yeah. something. Yeah. The articles went into a good amount of detail about the Whitechapel murder, although they didn't actually name Cutbush. In the memorandum that McNight and Melvin and McKnight, who's one of the police uh, chief guys in Whitechapel, States emphatically the Whitechapel murder had five victims and five victims only. So, yeah, they're basically saying that uh, he didn't rate him that high. He said there's three likely suspects. Mm. Well, what made people think that he was? Is he a doctor of some description? Or... He's, he was in Broadmoor and they took the files mm. on him from there. So, what Cutbush's Broadmoor files reveal? The Sun article claimed that Cutbush had caught venal disease in a prostitute and the resulting delusions were what led him to kill the prostitutes. But Norton concluded that Cutbush had apparently contracted syphilis about 1888 and since at the time he led an idle and useless life, his brain seems to have become affected and he believed that people were trying to poison him. Oh, well, it was, a, it was, a, it was gone then, he was a nutter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving this a one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm going to give it a one. I'm not just copying. <laughs> I've got my own mind. I just, you know, he was a fucking loon. <laughs> Michael Ostrog. Mm. Who is he? he? Well, he was Jack the Riff, guess. <laughs> oh, was he? <laughs> well, right. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> These ripperologists. I just yeah. do two podcasts and I'm a ripperologist. <laughs> Did you hear my jokes? <laughs> yeah, you ripped apart humour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Ostrog. According to Melvin McNaughton's memoranda, Michael Ostrog was a... Well, he Russian... sounds like an immigrant. I think it was him. <laughs> he was a Russian doctor <laughs> and a convict who was subsequently detained in a lunatic asylum as a homicidal maniac. As a homicidal maniac. The man's antis... Oh, what's that word there? Antecedents? 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 Yeah, they were the worst possible type or whatever they are anyway. Whatever they are, they were of the worst possible type. And his whereabouts at the time of these murders could never be ascertained. 
Uh, as for the other names that are not included on his list, Ostrog seems a likely candidate for the mantle of Jack the Ripper. But at the same time, he was a he was a petty thief and con artist, but he wasn't violent. Yes, he had lots of periods inside in jail, but he had one act of violence and a long criminal career. But obviously, then he must have thought he was in an asylum, being a lunatic. Yeah, it's a bit. But they said he had weird. a clear head, a clever head, a good education, and polished manners. So he was more of a, like I say, con artist. Well, it's a bit weird. Like, so you're rubbing wallets by the day and ripping out ovaries in the evening with a fucking mm. big knife. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Is that? Yeah, that's, that could be after point of Jack the Ripper, isn't it? He could have been the bloke in the in the grocery mm. store. It probably wasn't. Yeah, right. It was somebody who knew what they were doing with a knife and a, where the things are and a body, and they must have been fucked up for. I mean, then putting the, in, as discussed last week, laying the intestines over the shoulders and like turn it into a grotesque little art piece. I mean, yeah. that's a level of. It's a level you know, of Hannibal Lecter-esque dickery. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Yes. Uh, you know, it's just an extra. I don't think he was. Kate, I don't think he was hanging around the grocery store. I don't know. He was. Know. He was a police suspect, though. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the oh. the, the, the inspector there thinks that you yeah, yeah on the list. He's Miss Broadmoor days. Because they were looking for a lunatic with medical knowledge. Yeah. They started looking into all asylum releases that may coincide with the style of murders. So if you've been in the asylum for ten years, that's. Mm. He only stole a few books and yeah. a silver cup. Hang on. Well, Five pounds in, worth of stuff. They got ten years in a lunatic asylum. Was he English? Well, yeah. No, he was Russian. He was nah, a Russian doctor. That's probably why he was in. My, my only problem with this is then, if that letter that we discussed last episode is genuine, how good was his English? Well, he's a doctor, so you think he'd be reasonably educated, wouldn't you? Yeah, but they have Russian words for medicine and. Well, stuff, yeah, I know, so but you think that he would be... have learned different languages? If he's going to be a doctor in England, do you think he'd want to learn English, or is he yeah. going to make any money? Is he? I mean, the wealthy were well educated in them days. Yeah, they were multilingual, weren't they? And if he's been to university and medical mm. college. He'd have probably but learned English. We had some of the best universities in Europe, didn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't he have? He might have gone to Oxford, Cambridge, or Hull. Hull. <laughs> wouldn't he have wrote with an accent? Well, the English wasn't great in the Dear Boss letter, was it? It was alright. It wasn't very great, though. It basically did, like, lols, didn't he? <laughs> well, the yeah, I actually found that really annoying, to be fair. It was, I thought the English, it didn't strike me as... What is the word? Um, big knife! <laughs> uh, did we consider that the letter was could have been a fake? It, is, it could be a fake, no one really knows. It's just the more sort of convincing one. Mm. So, fuck the letter, it was a crazy Russian doctor who wasn't crazy at first, but then they put him in asylum and he got fucked with by crazy, crazy men. Dark times. Think about it, a Victorian asylum. Oof. Can you think of anything dark? Yeah. Well, I can, but not much. He disappeared uh, for a few years, but then was apprehended on the 17th of April, 1891. Certified insane, he was sent to Banstead Lunatic Asylum, where it was reported that he was suicidal but not dangerous to others. So even then, he's not dangerous to us. Yeah, but there's no hookers in there. Yeah. Maybe it's just prostitutes. Maybe it's just sex workers that really fry his noodle. Yeah, but now he knows he's in there. He might morph into something else, might it? Well, he's got regular electroshock treatment. That'll cure him. I'm giving this one a six, I think. I'm going to go There's five. more info to come, isn't there? But I'm still going a six, I think. You know, like you said, medical person with who's a lunatic and they can't 
pinpoint his whereabouts at the times of the murders. No, there is a theory that he was actually in the lunatic wing of a French prison. Oh. But that's... He gets about, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it was Does easy to travel back then, though, guys. There's no passports, no borders. You just got on a ship and went. Maybe he fucked off to the French asylum after he smashed up the oh, fucking girls. Yeah, but the thing is, that's, it's like one one side says one thing, one side says another. It's if he's a person mm. of interest by the detective at the time. He must have been in the country. Mm. Well, I think he's a person of interest, so you got to give him a five, I think, at least, if he was on the police's radar for a bit and the medical thing. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go five. Yeah, I'll go I'm going to go four for this one. I'm not a big fan. All right, that's the next one. George Chapman, poisoner and wife murderer. Again with the poison. Uh, this was Inspector Aberline's favourite suspect, apparently. Uh, his natural name was Severin Klosowski. He qualified as a junior surgeon in Poland in 1887. Later that year or early the next, he came to London and found work as an assistant hairdresser. I think he's a bit of a racist, this Inspector Aberline. Well, All his favourite suspects, immigrants. <laughs> well, there was a lot of immigrants in Whitechapel well, as well, I remember. Yeah. You know what they're like, Mike. Police inspectors, I mean, not immigrants, <laughs> of course. <laughs> They moved to America in 1891, where he saw himself as a barber. So that's just after uh, the Ripper murders. They moved to America. That would be good, in, wouldn't it? I am qualified surgeon. Here's some scissors. Cut that fucking hair. <laughs> oh. Barber surgeons, we said, weren't they? They did it. Um, they shot legs off and everything. You did say that. Was that before the show? Hmm? I don't that think what? so. No, it was on air. Mm. Oh, okay. Fucking outstone. Right. Uh, basically, he was killing his wives off. Okay. Poison again. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, with the other poison guy, I think it's a bit of a. But okay. Just because you have, I think this one's more the medical knowledge, and if it's a profile, yeah. the police are trying to. Mm. Just because you ascertain. have one mo doesn't mean that you could have. Couldn't have other MOs though, does it? Was, uh, it's always pushing that next level, isn't it? If you're starting off as extreme as the Ripper was, you're gonna want more extreme. I mean, we end up with that with Mary Kelly, who was just in pieces. Or maybe you wouldn't go back to poison. Or, you probably wouldn't go back no. to poison not unless or, you're sentimental for the old days. But with your wife though, you, you're not gonna cut her to bits and leave her entrails everywhere, and then like call the police and go, "Oh look, I don't know, I think she fell." But you could poison her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, he died anyway, he was murdered, executed, 7th of April 1903, found guilty of murder. I'm going to give this guy a, um, a three. Yeah, fuck him. I'll give him two. I'm going to give him a three as well. Yeah, I think the M.O.'s, Mike, I think you've got a point. So, English painter Walter Sickett may have been Jack the Ripper. This one's quite likely, actually. It's, he's, he's a very strong contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, created in 1907 by Walter Sickert, Jack the Ripper's bedroom is a painting that hands in England's Manchester Art Gallery. From the perspective of an open, perspective of an open doorway, the painting shrouded in shadows depicts a dark room with indistinct furniture made, made, barely made out through filtered window light. An English painter and founder of the Camden, Te- Camden Town Group, a group of post-impressionist artists, Sickert was considered an important influence on avant-garde art and made a name for himself in Victorian London. He was an eccentric man and his work was often mysterious and ghoulish. At the time, his personality and eerie paintings simply defined the cutting-edge artist he was. But decades later, a deeper look at Sickert gave rise to the possibility of another identity. 
The person whose bedroom sick at, pa sick at painting all those years ago was Jack the Ripper. He was painting his own room. Yeah, but it was sick. Uh, born in 1860 in Munich, he moved his family to England in 1868. Another immigrant? Yeah. yeah. Before ah. starting, he studied at the University College School in London. Yes. Well, the thing is, Whitechapel, it's, well, London, remember, is the centre of the world at this point. Well, yeah. I think this is just further evidence that a strong Brexit, no deal, is what, exactly what this country needs. What, to stop potential Jack the Rippers? Yeah. That's my campaign point. I'm joking. Let's all stay together. So in 1882, Sickert moved to London and became the apprentice and assistant to James Abbott McNeil Whistler, an artist Sickert greatly admired. While working under Whistler, Sickert began creating more work to portray the seedy, unglamorous nature of everyday life in the dark corners of London. Through the late 1890s, Sickert continued to paint scenes of London's working class. Later on, these grittier pieces served as jump, a jumping-off point for people to link Sickert to Jack the Ripper. It wasn't a secret he was fascinated with the Ripper murders. When he moved to Camden Town in the early 1900s, he painted Jack the Ripper's bedroom after his landlady told him the Ripper was the previous tenant of the room he was staying in, or where he stayed previously. Um, if he was the Ripper, would he be that obsessed with painting himself and that? And he's... Uh, what, I don't get what the painting is. It's just is that a, his cloak? Yeah. We're looking at the picture now. Yeah. Uh, it's sorry, we all went quiet because we're looking yeah. at it. It's um, I would say a dark figure, yeah, yeah, at the end of a hallway in front of a window. Is it a hallway? Four poster bed. Mm. Mm. Oh, window yeah, standing in front of a four poster oh, bed. Yeah. Could be. Maybe it's not very clear. It's all about day dark and grainy and impressionist. I think there's a really lot of retail. Maybe you know. Once again, sorry to bring Batman into it, but I could do a painting of. What I perceive to be Batman's bedroom doesn't yeah. make me Batman. <laughs> no, can no, you fault my logic? No, you cannot. Boom, have that ripperologist. Drop, drop a logic bomb. Yeah. <laughs> the first time Sticket was mentioned in relation to Jack the Ripper was decades after his death in the 1970s, when the royal conspiracy theory emerged. The radical theory suggested the Whitechapel murderer was a member of the royal family. Ooh. In this theory, Sticket isn't the murderer himself, but an accomplice to the crimes. The book by Stephen Knight, Jack the Ripper, The Final Solution, really needs to work on that title, said that Sickett was forced into being an accessory to the murders by the royal family member. Don't, yeah, but call, it your book, sell. don't call your book The Final Solution. Yeah, but it wouldn't sound if it was Jack the Ripper, Another Solution. Well, your true. Final Solution's got a bit of a... Oh, it has, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, bit of a tang like... to it, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, oops. <laughs> yeah, you're right, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good. You know, yeah, I guess. Come on, then. In the 1900s, Sickert moved from a supporting role in the Ripper murders to the main character. John, uh, Jean Overton Fuller released a book, Sickert and the Ripper Crimes, and drew on evidence that was given to her uh, mother by F Florence Pash, who was a colleague of Sickert's. In her old age, Pash had confided in Fuller's mother, telling her that she had kept the secret that Sickert was the true, was the true identity of Jack the Ripper. So the theory that really stuck... What was that? You know the Patricia Cornwell? No, I don't. She's a crime author, a very successful crime author. Okay. And she put two million quid of her own money into this. Holy fuck. She's so a very successful author. She's a very successful... She's got clues in his paintings and used additional evidence to show that Sickett had the personality and psychology of a serial killer. She even called on a team of forensic experts to analyse the Ripper, data, Ripper letters for DNA matches and claimed to find mitochondria DNA that linked at least one Ripper letter sent to Sickett. 
Despite skeptics, Cornell didn't let Cornwell, that's almost title, Cornell. didn't let go of the theory. As recent as to 2017, she said she was more sure than ever of Sickert's involvement in the infamous murders. Scientific analysis showed that the paper he used was the same used in some of the mocking letters the Ripper supposedly sent to the police. Mm. Three Sickert letters and two Ripper ones came from a paper run of just 24 sheets. Cornwell also believed he continued to kill and had murdered as many as 40 victims. Mm, I'm liking this more now. Because I'm thinking... Yeah, he... The mitochondrial DNA, though, uh, it could be sort of 1% to 10%. That's your variance. Yeah. It's not narrowing it down. Yeah, that wasn't the thing, actually. It was just the idea of the fact that he's, you know, he, he's reliving it by painting it, you know. Can we look at that painting again? The one? Did he's he... like a retired serial killer that still wants to delve into it, so he paints mm. what he used to well, do. He, she, he didn't stop. He's can I see, as many as 40. Can I, I see that know. painting again, mate? The one with the woman in it. Yeah. Did he paint that one? Yep, the so Camden Town murder in yeah. 1908. So is um, that him taking off a woman's legs? I think he's just no, the body, isn't it? Is he holding a half sat by the bed with his head building green? Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought like her legs had gone and there was gore everywhere. <laughs> oh, he's just sitting next to a dead woman. I was speaking to a friend about this, who's, she's quite into um, Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if she thought, she's looked into more more of it than I have in the two weeks we've had. She's an interesting years. Is she a ripperologist though, Ben? I, like I don't know whether she would call I'm herself joking. one, but... Uh, Fair play, what'd she say? She really she thinks it's sicker. She mm. goes as sicker and she's done a lot more research into this than me. Okay. Apparently she, she told me this story where like he was sort of, um, it was like World War One. London was in blackout. Mm. And some of sicker and his arty people were out in Whitechapel. Mm-hmm. They were going down the streets, and it was all dark, and yeah. and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's where so and so was found." And he was telling them how they were found, and all. And, and he was he was he was a friend of the royal family, was he? Well, he was. Yeah, the Queen Mother loved sick of oh, It's it's me. It's for me. It's him. Straight away. And that's why he's an accomplice. The murder. I think if it was a poor man, he would have been caught. Someone would have dobbed him in. I don't think it was a man of wealth. Uh, so I'm thinking it's a man of wealth with connections. That's why it's unsolved. Has he yeah. got any medical? Or is it the art side of him that maybe he's just got a, you know, a good anatomical... He's a surgeon, wasn't he? No, he's an artist. Oh, an artist. But, you know, he's, a, he's hanging around with high, people in high society. Oh, would you mind if I attend a, a dissection by you, Dr. So-and-so, if I'm using my art? Mm, maybe he's just so sick he was capable of doing that. Mm. What happens if I yeah. stick the knife in here and cut down here? Well, we know what these wealthy elites... Get up to, don't we? Well, yeah. maybe he shifted into his lizard form. Maybe. And had to fucking yeah. feed his... Uh, he needed some, what are they called? That's in the blood. The reason they sacrificed the children. Adrenochrome. That's it, adrenochrome. Maybe there's something about... It was some sort of ritual to do with the adrenochromes of hookers. Possibly. And his lizard form. I don't know, I'm just spitballing. Masonic. Or what oh. do we give that one? Sicker, oh. I go with an I go with an eight for Sicker. I'll go. I'm gonna go six. Because his name gets thrown about in here as well. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a nine. I like this one. We're going six, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna go six. You're going nine, Mike. I like it. But I don't want it. I've got to remember what I gave previous ones. You see, and mark accordingly. Can you put that on read a few, please? So. 
the the book we mentioned earlier, Jack the Ripper: The Final Solution. Uh, Stephen Knight explained his idea: the Ripper was actually a Masonic conspiracy perpetrated by a group of secretive Freemasons in an attempt to cover up for a member of the royal family. Yeah, this is more me. I'm, all, I'm up for this one. Knight's elaborate conspiracy theory concluded that the Canonical Five were murdered by a select group of Freemasons to cover up a secret marriage between Prince Albert Victor, the second in line to the throne, and a working-class girl, Annie Elizabeth Crook, to protect the reputation and validity of the monarchy. Although the book and its theory are now widely discredited and dismissed as untrue, oh. <laughs> the seed of an idea was planted. And since the book's publication, a number of other historians, theorists and ripperologists have weighed in and had their say about the Mason's theory. So, the royal cover-up. The Masonic Ripper theory states that high-level Masons were determined to protect the monarchy, thus maintaining their own level of control within the government. It paints the Masons as being obsessed with preserving the status of the ruling class. Remember... As you mentioned, the poor are pissed off at this point. You've got low wages, you've got mass homelessness, people are prostituting themselves to feed their families, and these rich fuckers are sat there in opulence, aren't they, as they are nowadays. Yep. Except so we're not quite as bad off yet. So what happened? Was it something like... Or I was going to say in the article, because I heard some, some royalty guy killed, killed someone... So they dumped a body and then killed a bunch more to make it look like there was a serial killer. Well, maybe. That's one of the things I heard. Is that what this is on about or not? Or is this a different... No, this is the Masons. Oh. This... Yeah, sorry. Go on in. What are they on about? Apparently, Knight's primary source later admitted it was all a hoax to the press. Oh. I could, I could go for that. Remember these symbols on the um, one victim's face? Mm-hmm. Tri upturned triangles below the eyes. Right. Bit Masonic, yeah. Yeah, Masonic the eye, I said that last week, so yeah. yeah, I've got to stick with that theory. I'm going to give this one again, I think a seven, because yeah, I do believe, you know, I've mentioned it several times in previous episodes, I do sort of half believe that the elites of this world do some dark, satanic, evil shit and some weird ritualistic yeah. things that are beyond our comprehension. So maybe this was one of those. Maybe it was he just wanted to kill. So they helped him achieve it. That's why there wasn't much evidence. Well, I'm linking it to the last one. What was his name? Sickett. So I'm giving it a nine as well. All right. Uh, the two, the two are combined. I'll go seven. What did I give Jill, though? Yeah, you gave Jill a seven. Seven. I'm going to have to go six with this one because I'm six. still on Jill. Oh. Wow. Sorry to put my... You just want to be on Jill, more like. Mm. Well. <laughs> you want to jack off Jill. Oh! Oh. And you're going nine, Mike? Yep. Right. Dr. Francis Tumbletee. An American quack doctor. Look at his fucking moustache. It's, it's a massive. fucking amazing moustache. You can't Please, go around listener. killing people For without your face. good sort of six inches out of his face, isn't it? Yeah, it, you can't go around murdering wenches with that on your face. Because somebody it's sees really you, that. you couldn't even cover it with a hood. You know what I mean? That just—that's a dead giveaway, isn't it? With mass, imagine your shadow as you're running <laughs> off down the alleyway. Has, yeah. That man's got a twelve-inch <laughs> moustache. He had a French baguette attached <laughs> to his face. In his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hungry killer. Um, <laughs> He's a hungry but killer. But listen, trust me, he's got a massive moustache. I've got to have a look. <laughs> it, it, it required comment. Dr. Francis Dumbledore. 
Um, one of the more talked about recent Jack Ripper suspects is Dr. Francis Tumblety, whose name was suggested by Inspector Littlechild. Prior to and during the Jack the Ripper murders, What's he know? <laughs> he's Inspector. He's, he's a Inspector. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Although Littlechild, as far as currently known, had very little to do with the Jack the Ripper murderer investigation itself, as a high ranking police officer in the Metropolitan Police, he must, most certainly would have had frequent contact with the likes of Dr. Robert Hansen and Chief Inspector oh, Swanson. He's a copper. He's a Ben Copper. Oh. I like in this one. Anybody in authority, basically. No, no, it's <laughs> Tumblety's a doctor. This is the... the oh. Tumblety's an American quack doctor. Oh, he wasn't the... Little child is the guy saying that this is my suspect. For oh, OK. I thought, and this I thought basically he was a copper then, sorry. This links back to... <laughs> to Stone, carry on. <laughs> Do you remember last week when I told you that that American doctor had gone round to the uh, London Medical, Medical Colleges offering 20 quid for preserved uteruses? Oh, yeah. Right. This, they reckon <laughs> that that was Tumblety. Oh. oh well, that's a bit dodgy, isn't it? And that's going to raise some red flags straight away. So they think that he he that's he was collecting he had a, a fixation. Okay, let's go more into it then. Quack the Ripper, that said. That, <laughs> that sounds like one of my jokes. Well, one of the internet's jokes. Really. <laughs> um, and of course, he's in apparently he's a homosexual as well. He was a, he was a act charged with gross acts of gross indecency with a number of males. Oh dear. So uh, straight away, he's also on the shit list, isn't he? And he's an American in London in the 1880s. At that time, yeah. Another fucking immigrant. I'm seeing yeah. a pattern. Let's go down a bit more. Ja Victorian London's trying to tell us something. He collected medical specimens, including uteruses or uteri. Mm. Yeah, I've got to admit, that's weird. I collect a lot of and stuff. And he fiercely denounced all women, but especially fallen women. So the sex workers of, West, of Whitechapel. And those and who knew him thought he was guilty. Oh, well, even his friends were saying it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he was a high-up uh, copper, yeah? No, he was a doctor. He was an American oh, quack shit. doctor visiting. I don't pay much. Quack the Ripper. Pat the Ripper. Quack the Ripper. Quack the Ripper. Oh, that, I get it. Yeah, it's yeah, quack doctor. Yeah. I get it. I get it now. I'm with you. I've caught up again. Full disclosure, I'm highly, highly intoxicated. This is one of the downfalls of <laughs> recording this when we're stoned because we do get lost sometimes, but we catch I, up eventually. I drag us back. <laughs> okay, get dragging Ben. What are we doing? Alright, so Tumblety, <laughs> like collecting uteri, mm. potentially went round off in 20 quid for him, right. didn't got knocked back, went out and collected them anyway, hated women. Yeah, there's a big okay. joke collecting uh, so The reason the murder stopped is he left the country. Let's look at the evidence against him. They say it was a fairly weak case against him. Yeah. No mm. concrete evidence he ever visited Whitechapel. And he most certainly bore no resemblance to descriptions give, given by those who may have seen the face of the killer. Exactly. No one said massive 12-inch fucking moustache, did they? That moustache is a bit of a giveaway. Mm. Right. Uh, I'm giving this a four. I'm going three. He was not known as a sadist. Well, gonna... sadists don't tend to put it out there, do they? I'll give it up. Have I told you you'd have a massive sadist? No, well, it seems like something you'd keep to yourself. He does. I told you small animals on the weekend, haven't you? <laughs> I'm giving him, I would give him a four, but because his moustache is so evil, I'll give him five. <laughs> evil moustache pings you it up. Like... the witnesses didn't notice that. Yeah, but it's still evil, so I'm giving it. He gets a plus one bonus. Hey! <laughs> evil bonus. Look, if he made, if, it, if that. Moustache, he's put like varnish on it to make it like diamond hard. He could have ripped out someone's stomach with his face. <laughs> like a bull. Yeah. Maybe 
he was cutting their throats with that moustache. He may have been a knife. That's why I know there's no evidence. No murder weapon, because it's attached to my wonderful face. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at my thick, luscious moustache, police of London. Why do you put is, varnish though, on it? The only thing is, if I had a moustache like that, I'd definitely be bragging about it in the letter. Mm. And you will know me by my moustache. <laughs> <laughs> the phantom raspberry blower of old London town. <laughs> yeah. he, wrote the he wrote the letter the with his moustache. Yes. No, I don't. Yes, yeah, remember, that. remember that. Sorry. <laughs> At least you do that. You're just fine. Fine from Rasby Blair, Revolve London Town. Oh no. He's not Springy Old Jack. It was a Jack the Ripper ripoff, but. Alright. <laughs> oh, but with no dead hookers. No, just a Phantom Rasby Blair. <laughs> Sex workers. And he used to go. He used to go into like. I don't know, House of Parliament or something. Well, not House of Parliament, but you know, where there's MPs. <laughs> you couldn't do that nowadays, you couldn't do yeah. that. Steps. <laughs> Anyone know? It was a show, it was a show. Was <laughs> anybody sort of in yeah. society and he just phantom raspberry blow? Mm. Well, right. okay. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. Look next, it up on YouTube, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next one. You know, I'll be looking for it when I get home later. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so... Those are two Ronnie's, man, never good. I'll tell you what, I'm changing my score, Ben, sorry. I'm giving him a two, because that moustache is fucking ridiculous. A witness would see that. Well, to balance it out, I'm raised to a four, because I'm... What was it you two with that moustache? <laughs> I just think it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Can we go out a piss break? Yep. I guess. Thank you. It's better than pissing yourself. <laughs> right, so I'm back from not pissing myself. <laughs> Aaron Kosminski. Foreigner. Yes. Remember that large immigrant population? Just saying. Ah, that sounds important. Suspected by the two most senior officers. Yes, so Kosminski is of particular interest because in addition to McNaughton, the two highest ranking officers with direct responsibility for the Jack the Ripper investigation also considered him to be a strong suspect for the Ripper murders. It is now known the suspect in question Aaron Kosminski, a feeble-minded imbecile, was admitted to Corley Hatch Asylum in February 1891, but had begun displaying signs of insanity at some stage in the late 1880s. He believed the higher power spoke to him and controlled his actions, and claimed to know the movements of all mankind. He would refuse to wash and would not accept food from others, preferring instead to eat from the gutter. Schizophrenic, delusional, paranoid, and incoherent are all characteristics displayed by Aaron Kosminski. Were the gutters full of shit? Yeah. Literal... Human animal river flowing pungent shit, and he's just like, mmm, a carrot. Nom 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 nom. <laughs> Lovely. Does he strike you as a surgical killer? No, and also, they don't think he was just that violent. Mm. Some records say he's not violent, the police seem to think he was. Sounds like a fucking village idiot. Mm. <laughs> Well, I ate my dinner from the gutter. You could also imagine him just going nuts and stabbing someone up horribly, couldn't you? Yeah, but the murderers weren't murders weren't done in that way, were they? They were surgically, deliberately. No, they were. They, made, they were made a mess of. They just I mean, you know, they knew you know anatomy. Yeah, but took, you knew where stuff was to take it out. Well, I guess. Uh, you know, he was cutting. I mean, Mary Kelly, you described last week, was like in pieces. You know, they, they had to identify her by her eyes and ears. Mm. No, he's a feeble-minded imbecile. He's got a one for me. Yeah. He's considered one of the most likely, you know, amongst the Ripperologists. Blame Doesn't it on me. the fucking dribbling <laughs> fucking wacko in the corner. I will go a six. I, I think the police are looking at him. Yeah, I'm going to go low on this one as well, just because it says he ate his fucking food out the gutter. <laughs> the gutters were full of shit. What does that tell you? And he was feeble. 
feeble minded. Yeah. Uh, well, what are you going for then? He's a fucking Fruit Loop, so uh, I'm giving him a two. Two? I don't want. I think he's the equivalent of that mad person on the bus that everyone avoids. Who just got what got violent. What, that smells a bit like piss. Yeah, that's the one. And rocks back and forward. Mm-hmm. This is the last one, is it? Yeah. Montague John Druitt. Montague. Montague, I love that name, Montague. Is it Byron? No. Oh. Uh, he was the favoured suspect of uh, Melvin McNaughton. Uh, Druitt also worked as a barrister and supplemented his income at the bar by working as an assistant schoolmaster at a boarding school. Uh, in Blackheath, South East London, that was run by Mr George Valentine. In his memorandum, Norton has three suspects who he claims are far more likely than Thomas Cutbush to be in Jack the Ripper. Top of that list is a Mr MJ Druitt. He's a doctor, about 41 years of age, he's been described by McNaughton, uh, and a fairly good family who disappeared at the time of Miller's Court murder, and whose body was found floating in the Thames on the 31st of December. The Miller's Court murder was uh, the last Ripper victim. Uh-huh. On the 31st of December, i.e. seven weeks after the said murder. The body was said to have been in the water for a month or more. From private information, I have a little doubt that his own family suspected this man of being the Whitechapel murderer, and it was alleged that he was sexually insane. Ooh, sexually insane? Mm. <laughs> I'm a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. And I'm insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm insane to boot. <laughs> Woo! Fibble. <laughs> <laughs> So his family thought he was the Ripper. He himself had syphilis, which he was convinced was driving him insane. Noses, the cut tips of the noses were cut off the victims, mm. which is the thing that happens with the later stage of syphilis, the tip of your nose falls off, as well as uh-huh. you're impotent. Okay. So was it a case of frustration that one of these pro- these women had given him this disease? Uh-huh. And he was taking out his revenge before he knew he'd have to kill himself before he devolved into utter insanity? Well, I think he saved one of the best to last. On the 5th of January 1889, the Acton, Chiswick and Turnham Green Gazette, Riverton Reed, no doubt, reported on the inquest into Druitt's death and quoted the testimony of his brother. William H. Druitt said he lived at Bournemouth and that he was a solicitor. He went, his mother became insane, so he thought he was only like her, so he killed himself. (laughs) That's what his brother said. Mm -hmm. Uh, The jury at the inquest of his death duly returned a verdict of suicide by drowning whilst it was unsound mind. <laughs> Syphilis ridden. But, um, yeah. My yeah. friend who was speaking to him about the suspects last night said that it probably wasn't him because he was uh, apparently a known homosexual. Wow. It doesn't mean he yeah, can't can hate women. Them. Hate women. Yeah. Well, maybe. How do we know they were necessarily raped when they're? Um, how do I put this? I don't. Well, there's no. There was no evidence of that. That's what I mean. So it could have been a gay guy. There was no sexual motive, it was just... But if he was, si- if he was full of syphilis, he wouldn't to get it up anyway. Well, there you go. But, but it could still be him. Um, I'm going to give... I give this one a, a five. I'm still I'm still hung up on you. He was the favourite suspect of the investigator. Yeah. Well. I go, uh, I'm going seven with him. Why didn't they get him? Because he killed himself before they could. Ah, that does put. Uh, uh, and also, he did it not long after the last murder, so the murder stopped. Mm. But he was ten years older than the sus. What they suspected is that. Mm. But they could have been wrong. 
yeah. on what they suspected. Because they are, you know, they're not infallible, they're, they're the law. You come from a family of doctors, so you'd have some kind of knowledge of anatomy. Mm. Yeah, it's um, interesting. Yep, yeah, well, I'm staying, I'm going with my five for this chapter. Five, you with five? I'm going to go seven. Is he the last one? Yep. Yeah. Well, putting it... With the raw connection with the... I'm going to seven. Seven? Yeah. So the winner... By the sort of highest scores, really, yeah. is, a is the Masons. It's Masonic, so that links in um, Walter Sickert, who was also the second highest. Mm. So group consensus, we're going for Walter mm. Sickert and the Masons. Yeah, there we go. Solved it. We've done it. I got screwed over. I think it's Jill. Jill no. was close. She's the third, technically. Close isn't good enough. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Okay, so. But then, but this is the, the coldest of cold cases. Yeah. No one's ever going to figure out who it is. Cold, I mean, Patricia, as, a, yeah. cold, cold as a dead sex worker's tit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, that'd be. <laughs> Just trying to inject a little humour. Don't worry, they're happy story. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Lovely. It's heartwarming. I was thinking that during the earlier, the first set of weird news. Where's this happy story? Because <laughs> it wasn't very happy. Okay, yeah, then. So the Victorian disease is making a comeback, what's happening at all? Weird news then? Yeah, let's do the weird news. So. Oh, have you guys said though who you think. I, I oh, it's the group consensus. I, I, go, I go for Sickert, uh, personally. Sickert's mine as well, yeah. Maybe a bit of Masonic thing in there, but I think Sickert. Well, there is the triangles on yeah. the cheeks, isn't that's there? That's a giveaway for me, that's um, my. We know they're into some punch. dark satanic shit. Friend of the show. Aren't they? Yeah? Yeah, so yeah, okay. Excellent. Well, that was fun. Well. <laughs> you know what I mean. We'll, we'll be lighter next week. We've got a UFO cult, potentially a UFO sex cult. Ooh. I think there's sex involved. Yay! Is there always? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every cult. cult. <laughs> yeah. He always ends up banging every, his members' wives in front of them eventually. Yeah. You don't join a cult. That's why I started my cult. Speaking of that, if you ever search for... Um, I've forgotten the name. <coughs> oh, the Church of Insignificance, that's it. If you search for them, you can become a member. So far, we've only got one, and they haven't actually paid their subscription fee yet, so I will be that. chasing them up on that. Looks like I'm going to win that money. Uh, I have actually been invited to that person's wedding, though, so, um, you know, maybe I could... Uh, Are you officiating? <laughs> Is that <it> cult <laughs> wedding? No. <laughs> I can shake them down for the £2.50 in front of all the guests. Because you can get away with that sort of thing when you're a religious leader, such as myself. So anyway, do, do join a cult, contrary to what Ben says. <laughs> Don't join a cult. It always, it always ends in gunfire. You can if it's mine. <laughs> It'll end uh, in gunfire. So yeah, weird news. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Um, I, I found this amusing video. Okay. Um, three um, minutes long, three minutes thirteen seconds long, and a roofer claims to have been abducted by aliens <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> You'll find out all about him. I've been probed by aliens <laughs> many times. James has been a roofer for forty years and claims to have been abducted by aliens over two hundred times. <laughs> Get off the roof! I believe I'm the most abducted man in the UK. <laughs> It's getting dark. I was just finishing for the day. I was putting my tools away and I heard a strange, high-pitched sound. I turned around to see where it was coming from. And this bright light blinded me. 
I felt myself become lighter and was lifted up into the air. I like he was being sucked into himself. Two beings standing over me. Walls were covered in strange symbols. They performed loads of different procedures on me. And I was awake for all of them. I've been taken by many different species. I think I must be quite an attractive specimen for some of them. <laughs> this is the main type of alien I've been abducted by. The grey. They're quite um, beautiful in their own way. Strong, with big eyes that you can get lost in. It's giving lipstick. They have psychic powers that calm you down when you look into their it's eyes. It's drawing a lipstick on. Professor John Moore <laughs> is head of the psychology department at Cameron <laughs> University. He's been studying James for five years. Well, I've been working with James for quite a while now, and his insight into these alien species is, is quite fascinating. I believe James Wahoo says his, his descriptions of the uh, crafts and the species are too detailed and, and too similar to other people's experiences. This has to be made up. And it's got to be real. Physical evidence. He's, never, he's not a real psychologist. I've had numerous devices found in my body. At first I had them removed, but then I realised the aliens were putting them there for a reason, so I left. This is spoofing it. I think they're preparing me for something. I believe they're getting me ready to take me with them permanently, so I can be a representative for the human race. Oh, fucking hell. And help yeah. integrate human beings into intergalactic society. The Intergalactic Council will be making contact with our Earth government. Really? And <laughs> the beings know this will be a difficult time for human beings. <laughs> They've seen our movies. They know that as a species we can be quite hostile to change. And they want me to help smooth the transition. James is keen for that day to come, as on Earth he's been affected by high strangeness. High strangeness, that's when weird things happen to people who've been abducted. For me, that's meant a lot of my tools not working. Yeah, I've uh, delayed a lot of jobs because my tools aren't working. Meant a lot of unhappy customers. That's a spoof. It has to be the It has to be. Since moving, we're able to contact James. His family say he's on a long trip. He'd be planning for a while. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's how we sleep. That was very well done. Yeah, well. But, uh, on yeah. the tools. I'm here to to smooth over the transition between human alien relations and. Uh, do you lose your fucking roof, do we? <laughs> I'll sort them fucking tiles out for you, no trouble. <laughs> Unless my tools don't work. Yeah, because you know. High strangeness? High strangeness. I like some high strangeness, you know. <laughs> we have it every time we record the fucking yeah. show. That's, that's, we should change the yeah, name of the should, show yeah, to High Strangeness. Yeah. I think that's a much better title. <laughs> Oh, come on! It's <laughs> a better description. Too late now, though, isn't it? Yeah. No, we're brand new, guys. It's never too late. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have a meeting with the creative brand department. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to confuse the shareholders. We'd have to actually, we'd have to uh, change the logo as well, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, I guess. That's more like the logo. that it's worth. Never mind. I do think we should change the name. But anyway, I'm strangely high. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? Oh, oh no, what have you guys got any comment on? I'm I'm behind him. <laughs> well, yeah, what's oh is this next? Yeah. <laughs> German doctor who killed lover by sprinkling cocaine on penis jailed for nine years. 
I mean, how much coke did he put in his <laughs> nose? I suppose you just don't want coke in your fanny. It's not. But then we put it up our noses, so. I could have got it in the mouth, couldn't it? It was a blowjob. It was in the mouth, yeah. She's sucking him off. Well, I mean, how so you put it on there, sprinkled cocaine on his penis before she performed oral sex on him. Oh. Dr. Andreas David Niederbickler, 43, was found guilty of grievous bodily harm, which led to the death of a 38-year-old woman. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that she's dead, it's just... Uh, it must have been some strong-ass coke, and, and I'd have thought... Sorry to go into too much detail, but there would have to be a lot of cocaine on his penis to... Uh, to kill her, so she must have noticed it and known she was. Well, doing apparently it. he was sentenced to nine years in prison for multiple severe rape, oh. and GBH resulting in death. Oh, he, he raped her with the coke on his penis. Then I don't know, but he, she was unaware. He laced his genitals with a class A drug. She was, I think she was his girlfriend. She should have seen it. She should have noticed it. Maybe she thought she was being sexy. Maybe she didn't think anything happened. Oh, the doctor. Eat that massive line of coke off your willy. <laughs> no, he, 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 oh, he, he, trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> eat that line of coke off my penis. Yeah, I guess. Okay. You'll be fine. Trust me. Sorry, I'm just trying to. I'm just in lawyer mode. You know me. <laughs> Dissecting the things and coming up with the logic and thing. He's definitely had some work done, though, hasn't he? On what? His face. Uh, it was no. yeah. I think he's naturally that ugly. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like he's in Botox a lot. <laughs> uh, they were having an affair. Oh. She was married. She wanted to leave her husband for Dr. Nita Beekler. He was like Christian Grey from Fifty Shades of Grey to her. Oh, dear God. I guess the lesson is don't put the coke on your cock and then put your cock in the lady's mouth. According yeah. to reports, the court found it proven that Nita Beekler had put cocaine on his foreskin before having... Vaginal, anal, and oral sex with three other women between September 2015 and February 2018. Rock and roll, doctor. Okay, Prosecutors added he would secretly add the drug into the drinks of women in a bid to make them more compliant to his sexual requests. Uh, date raper. Yeah, man. Okay, I, take, I, take, I take back the mm. rock and roll doctor statement. Yeah. You should be able to get it. He wasn't cool enough to get it, you know, to do it rock and roll. He had to. That's a drug them and rape them. I would suggest, I'm not an expert, but I've done my share of the old, allegedly, in the past, may have done my share of the old uh, cocaine. I think it's much better to just snort it like a normal person, like your average regular person who does cocaine. Just snort it, don't put it under your foreskin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, A, that sounds uncomfortable, dangerous, and it kills your partner, evidently. Yeah. So... I'm, I, for one, stand for the cocaine up the nose campaign. <laughs> well, it's good to know. There you go. Well, keep it away don't from the foreskin. Dick. Yeah, don't, and obviously don't rape. Speaking of foreskin, um, I could really do with a piss break. Fair enough. So uh, let's end weird news with some, some happy news. The world's not all going to shit, there's still humanity. A Devon farmer felt sad while driving his lambs to slaughter, so he gave them a sanctuary and they became a vegetarian. Oh, brilliant. Fair play. Oh, that is a nice story. Yeah. Sivlingam Vesant Kumar, 60, was travelling to the slaughterhouse, where he was due to make 10k from the animals being turned into meat. Oh, this is a good story. He, took a, he was driving them to the abattoir and drove the flock to an animal sanctuary instead. The farmer, known as Kumar, says he was overcome with emotion and had a change of heart on the way. 
He said the process had always been a challenge for him and it broke his heart to see the animals cowering in the back of his trailer. Instead, he drove the 200 miles from Colmworthy in Devon to Goodhart Animal Sanctuaries near Kidderminster, Worcestershire, to find them a happy home. Uh, he's been a farmer for 47 years after starting on his parents' dairy farm in Sri Lanka. Well, a Sri Lankan farmer ends up in the UK. Well, in Devon, fair play to him. Mm. Well, that is a, a lovely, heartwarming tale. Yeah, he says the um, last trip changed his whole outlook and he's now turned, for some reason, the veggie is in capitals. Uh, he said, the main reason because I didn't like them being killed. It was a very emotional time. I would have to watch all the animals I raised be lined up for slaughter. I've always taken my animals to slaughter and killed the pork myself. I'm not ignorant to how farming works, but it's always made me stressed. It would stress the animals out too. They knew their fate. They would try to hide in the back of the trailer and wouldn't want to come out. I'd have to push them out. It was very stressful for me and the animals. Uh, Kumar said there was nothing unique about this batch to help spare them, but it was a decision built over many trips. That's well, nice. Yeah. I well, became a veggie for a year. I, did, I was for quite a few years, actually, mm. because uh, I was with a, a girl. I'm more aware now of how much meat I eat. Yeah. I, could, I, I tried doing it permanently, but I, I did it for a year, and I thought, well, I, I've made an effort, mm. and, and I, I, st I do have days now where I don't have meat. Yeah, we have meat, meat free meals a couple, couple of times a month. I don't eat um, meat every day. Uh, I pray for your colon. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh, I had a nice bit of nice joint beef today. I have meat every. Well, no, we like I said. Yeah, I've got lamb day, today, but, but you know, I'm just more aware that of how much meat I'm eating than I used to be. Yeah, I like meat. You know. Well, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. Oh yeah. No, I haven't. I've forgotten it. Sorry. Well, it's, either way, he's given up, up yeah. 10,000 quid and donated the animals to a, a sanctuary. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I hope they can live a life of not being interfered with in any way. That's in Worcestershire, not Wales, mate. That makes a change from the usual death, misery, murder, robots taking over, or fucking mad bastards who think they're yeah. married to pirate ghosts. We'll try and get one good news story at least a week if we can. Oh, don't be too <laughs> <laughs> Ben might start feeling weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably pushing to be fair, finding too happy what's, news articles in a week. Happy, warm feeling I have this, inside. There's one between us. What's, yeah, this, what's, tingle? what's this glow? Uh, yeah. It's not the usual uh. drug glow. <laughs> okay. So is that the news? Yeah. That's the news. The stories that matter, listen, uh, Wow. Yeah. So uh, for some more insanity, we go never go full Alex favourite game show in this flat were you trying to get crazy with this eh? don't you know I'm local basically Mike will find us a couple of clips of some random weirdos who will then pit in an insanity battle royale against the arch lunatic himself Alex Jones Saint Alex Jones Patron saint of the show, we should explain in a sort of ironic kind of way. Yeah. We get a lot of entertainment out of this crazy motherfucker. That we do. He's kept us entertained for, over a, well, for over a year, yeah. every Sunday. And in a strange way, I doth my cap to him. <laughs> I still want to fight him. Oh, sorry, I doth my uh, my aluminum hat to him. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to fight him. Oh, you're going to lose, Ben. I'm not, man. 
Trust me. Sorry, mate. As your friend, I need to tell you this. I need you in my corner. I need you and Mike in my corner. Give me a towel. No, and I'm, like, a drink of that. I'm like Adrian in Rocky 2. It's like, you can win. Or is that Rocky 4? She says that. I think it's Rocky 4. Rocky yeah, 4, yeah. yeah. You can't win, Ben. You're going to get him. smashed and you haven't got a Lamborghini to go off and drive and get all contemplative. <laughs> no, no, I'll be dead, so you're going to have to go and drive the Lamborghini. <laughs> oh, i got to go fight him. Yeah. I've got to be Rocky. No, I'm, I'm Rocky. running around in the snow. No, I'm, like, I'm like the Apollo in this scenario. Oh, I'm not gonna be... Yeah, so you die for <laughs> Yeah, so one of you two is going to fight him. Oh, I'm not fighting him. I've seen him running around. I'm Mickey in this, so I'm not fighting him. I've seen him running around yeah, the studio. Yeah, we studios. did at this point, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll fight him if I can have a weapon of my choice. Yeah, all right. Okay. I'll take a bayonet. I'll come, I'll come back as the ghost of Mickey. The <laughs> <laughs> <Your> force ghost. <laughs> Get out, you son of a bitch, because Mike loves you. <laughs> Mickey loves you. <laughs> stop loving me. <laughs> Seriously, just have a lay down and stop loving me. <laughs> uh, you're Mikey. Yeah. I was watching you in the shower. Yeah. Catch that chicken, Ben. Catch that chicken. <laughs> I'm trying to have a wank, Mickey. We fuck off, spirit, Mickey. Catch that chicken, Rock. I'm trying to choke it. Fuck off. I watch you when you sleep. We should be doing setups while you sleep. Fuck off. You're ruining oh. my life, Spirit Mickey. <laughs> it's dissolved into <laughs> lunacy. Well, it's never good for Alex. Very true. Oh, should we start? Oh, I think you win this week. <laughs> I still stand by my Bigfoot PI. Victoria oh, Bigfoot the... PI show. Well, that was a stone tangent. See last week, listener. Right, what are we doing? Full Alex? Mm -hmm. Boom. Look at us, professionals. First up, Liz Crokin. Says she will bow out of the QAnon movement if the mass arrests don't happen this year. Oh, so we're going back to QAnon? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they predicted some arrests, didn't they? Of all the paedophiles. Or, or she. Yeah. The cabal's coming down. To update you guys in the wonderful, lovely world of elite pedophile Satanists who rape, torture, and traffic and murder kids. <laughs> wow. So far, the mass arrests haven't happened, and please don't go underneath this video and comment and complain and say, I thought they were supposed to happen by now, and nothing's happened, and, you know, why hasn't anything happened yet? I just, I can't stand the complaining and the whining. No one wants these mass arrests to happen more than me. I put my face out there. I've publicly talked about this. People that are fighting on the front lines of this, most of them are anonymous. I'm not, and it's put a huge target on my back. So don't complain to me about the mass arrest not happening yet, right? This is not easy for me. It's really hard for me. Each day that goes by, I have to see these freaks on TV is, is not fun. And it's very hard on me because I've put my name out there, my reputation yeah. out there, mm -hmm. pretty much sacrificed everything to expose this. So uh, I don't want to hear anyone complaining on my page. It's really annoying. And I was hoping that they would have happened by the end of the year. I just feeling that they could, they could have happened by the end of the year, but they didn't. But I've always said I'm not cute and I don't know when they're going to happen. And there's only a few people that know when they're going to happen. So it's a guessing game for anyone who's not cute. 
So, you know, if you want to know the exact date of when these masterminds are going to happen, you're not going to, you're not going to know because no one knows. The only people that know aren't going to tell anyone because that would be classified information. So what I do know is that they're going to happen. I know that for an absolute fact. I can guarantee you that. I just don't know when. And quite frankly, if they don't happen this year, then I'm going to have to bow out of this because exposing this for the past two and it's been over two two and a half years has really taken a toll on my health and i'm sick of it i'm sick of talking about it it's so depressing and it's i'm just over it i'm gonna have to move on because it's just taking such a big toll on me and my health that i don't think i can stay in this fight if the, if it continues to drag on for years and years and if these master us don't happen this year so let me guess, she presents herself as like the mouthpiece of QAnon. She's got something wrong and she's spazzing out over because people are saying, you're wrong, you're not. And then she's bitching and moaning, I'm not Q. I don't, I don't know when these dates are, but you present yourself as a mouth of Q. Well, yeah. I think she's I actually feel sorry support. for her because I, I think deep down she wants to do good. Yeah, she wants what well, she considers to be mass media. Yeah, she's yeah. been sold alive by exactly. Trump and this queue. That all these mass arrests are going to come in. Yeah, she's fell for it. She's a bit dumb and naive. Yeah, but not crazy. But she's also kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just fighting out the facts. Soon it's going to be illegal to say that people are hot. Can't bloody say anything anymore. Ben can't argue about bloody nothing. Bloody bird and bad in here. Yeah. <laughs> can't bloody joke about nothing nowadays. Bloody snowflakes. <laughs> Go and vote leave, you fucking gallon. I'm fucking I'll tell you what. Show some respect, you fucking Egypt. Get your gammon up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong <laughs> with the Union Jack, mate. Union flag. Fuck Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a Union Jack over water. Actually. It's only a Union Jack when it's on a ship. What's the common pronounce? Who common? What is it commonly <laughs> fucking known as? You fucking pedantic fucking. I'm with the game show. I'm not a gammon. Can't do a gammon. I just don't want trannies anywhere near my bathroom. No, that was a joke. That was a joke. I know you can't say the T word anymore. Or the R word. Calm no down. bloody joke about nothing, I told you. <laughs> Calm down, Gavin. <laughs> Just call me Alf. Call you Bernard. Alf Garnet. I like Gavin. <laughs> no, I'm not a Gavin at all. I'm a hippie. I've got long hair. It's impossible to be a long haired Gavin. You should know this. <laughs> Skull it so bad, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> they care as long hair, Fuck I have never Skullet. taken this seriously, the opinions of a skulleted man. <laughs> you don't like Shakespeare? <laughs> well, I like his plays, but I'm not, I'm not going to take style tips off him. <laughs> fucking bald-headed twat. <laughs> no, he was all right, he had an earring, didn't he? I might imagine that. Yeah. I think you imagine that. Do you think I don't know? I don't know. He was on heroin, though, wasn't he? They were quite sort of... Marijuana, I think. Oh, weed. <laughs> Camp in the Tudor times, weren't they? I don't know, I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> I went to that 
that fucking Victorian. I know. I know. I did go to Tudor House once. Did you suck anybody up? How <laughs> <laughs> camp was it? <laughs> no, it was just. Uh, oh. It was a school trip. So, oh, so sorry. Unless I've got some horrible repressed <laughs> memories, I don't think so. <laughs> did you go to Boswell House? That's Boswell House. House. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds it's, ominous. It's Tudor. Stratford upon Avon, isn't it? Oh, okay. Not like a fucking prison. It's where um, Shakespeare was born, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Mm. Boscobel Hall. That's the place. Boscobel Ice. Or Hall. One of the two. Boswell Ice. No, we're thinking of two different places. Are we? Yeah. Badger and Badger. Where's the crooked house? What's that one? Oh, that's in Staffordshire somewhere. Yeah. It's a pub over there. If you put a ball on the bar, it rolls up. Yeah. I think everyone's a bit crooked behind doors, man. So that was a shit joke. Right, what the fuck? Alright, next one. Maybe a tangent there. Sorry. Right, who's next? Zachary Hubbard. Oh, God. I suppose is Gematria expert. Oh, what? Gematria. Who, it's, it's basically numerology, I think. Oh, um, attempts to explain how Trump's border wall is biblical by citing developments in the world of professional wrestling. He's won it already. <laughs> I knew you guys like I it. have my full, complete yeah, attention to this, this man. This guy's won it for me already. Yeah. If you can bring pro wrestling into it, <laughs> it's a good way to win me over. Oh, you know me so well. <laughs> Donald Trump, he just gave his address from the Oval Office about the government shutdown and the crisis at the border and advocating for why we need the wall. That speech... Sorry, I'm getting, I get phone calls here in the Gematria hotline all day, so i got to hang those up. Um, that speech ended right at 9.11 p.m. Eastern Time, where the president was. Ended at 9.11 sharp, and that was not an accident. Recall, Donald Trump was announced as the 45th president-elect on November 9th, the anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. And if you take the alphabetic order in the rules of numerology, Berlin Wall sums to 45. So Donald Trump becomes 45th president-elect on the anniversary of the fall of the wall, a man who ran a campaign that had a lot to do with building the wall. He made two guarantees. He beat Hillary Clinton and he built the wall. Those were his two guarantees. And when he called his victory speech, which was given April 26, 2016, on his wife Melania's birthday. So anyhow, that date, November 9th, can be written 9 slash 11. Like 9 11. And then he gives this speech, and it ends at 9 11 sharp. Now, in the world of entertainment, what was going on that same day is the wrestler Jericho. Jericho in the Bible has to do with the wall. The wall that's blown down by the trumpets, and we have the trumpets ticket. Like trumpets. Trumpets. By the way, Holy Bible sums to 45. Four letters in Holy, five in Bible, nine letters total, 45 to the ninth triangular. I've been explaining since the day Trump became president, even before that, that all of this is biblical. The Trumpets ticket and the wall. So you have this wrestler, Jericho. He becomes the big story in the world of wrestling the same day that Trump is giving this speech. And if you look up what day his birthday is, it is November 9th. His birthday is November 9th. And not only that, not only that, but he's 48 years old. And why does that matter? Well, if you write out the word wall with the alphabetic order, it's this simple. W's the 23rd letter, A's the first, L's the 12th, L's the 12th. Wall equals 48. If you write out the name Donald Trump with the alphabetic order and rules of numerology, Donald Trump is 48. Well, he's just... Clearly, wow. so. it was time, wow. Uh, I like that though. Trump. 
Pence, Trumpets, Armageddon, isn't it? Jericho. Jericho, the Bible. Yeah, was Chris Jericho, though. Yeah, but that's not his real name. His name's Chris. You know, yeah. What if the Bible is true and it is all prophesied and there will be an Armageddon? I'm fuck that, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind me. I've been christened. I'm going up with them. I've been christened. If you don't live Christian lifestyles... Doesn't matter that you, you that's the beauty of Christianity right at the end yeah, you know, forgive you me a big cunt you're a penny so you didn't baptise no that's it you're going to have to I'm, stay I'm, on I'm, earth and fight demons I'm seven I'm years I'm <laughs> I'm 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 going to join up with the, the big fucking ass yeah, himself yeah but you know he loses so what's the point you guys have fun you're going to die then <laughs> horrifically at the hands of a thousand demons who've chased you down an alleyway like a rat <laughs> but me and Mike, <laughs> we'll be living it up in heaven. Yeah, so you've got tattoos. Oh, he's smoking some Bob straight Marley. Into hell. You've marked your skin, it's in Leviticus, you're straight to hell. Um, Mike. Alright, Debbie, you've, you've had sex before marriage, so you're out. You're well, not there either. You repent Sorry. at the end, yeah. that's the point. You don't repent, you get the rapture, don't you? You just vanish. I'll go to purgatory for a bit. It's alright. I suppose no, that's no, the you, best it's heaven or hell in this scenario, mate. Pope's got a bit of purgatory. What does he know? Purgatory is the best bit, you just chill. Yeah. There's no pressure, you know, either good or bad. Yeah. Or Bob Marley and Gandhi's in purgatory. <laughs> Why are they in purgatory? Because they aren't Christians, are well, they? Well, it'd be hell for bed, though, wouldn't it? Floating there to make small uh, talk, yeah, be awful. No, I'm not crying. Oh, big fucking reggae. I can send to have a punching Bob Marley, wouldn't I? <laughs> no, you can't punch Bob I Marley. I can't punch Bob Marley. No, you can't. Good. You're delusional. After a fucking 10,000 years of reggae, mate, I'm going to punch him. No, you... After 30 you, minutes of reggae, I'm probably going to punch you. You're to fucking love it. Something will snap in your head and you'll realise, oh, I was wrong all those years. I'm just a rigid, old-fashioned... Fascist. Are <laughs> no, you called a fascist by a gammon? <laughs> I'm not a gammon! For fuck's sake. I'm doing it for comedy purposes. Yeah, yeah. Just get out of my bathroom, you chunny bastards. No, it's a joke. It's a fucking joke. Stop it. Cut that bit out, man. Did you think that the guy listening to him looked bored as fuck? He kept on swaying. He just had to do an interested face. Oh, I know he was lost because I was trying to add up along in my head and I'm, I'm, maths isn't my strong point. It might shock you to find out. So, yeah, I was lost, but fucking hell. He was clutching at a lot of straws, wasn't he? Jericho's 48. The wall's 48. Wow. Jericho's birthday's 11th. Of, mm. Wow. Numerology yeah. is utter bollocks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Alright, so let's see what Alex has got to say. Okay, Alex has gone on about the government and the awakening. Mm. <laughs> Murder the Christians! <laughs> Destroy everything! <laughs> and he, he knows drunks! <laughs> But still stumbling forward more blood. As he falls down, they go, Our God must be lifted back up. More blood of the innocent. Fill the very heart. Arrest the reporters that expose for keeping babies alive. Beat the hospitals with their bodies. Have the Pepsi taste testing systems be based on fetal tissue. All demonic Whoa. systems genetically engineer all the crops. Overthrow creation. More blood. Artillery. I mean, this is a wow. But they pose and go, ah, liberal. Oh, I have a liberal voice. I have a trendy gay marriage. Oh, they're just 
years stealing trillions out the back door, putting cancer viruses in the vaccines, poisoning everything, GMOs, steroids, total world government, child snuff films, giant money laundering operations, trillions a year in narcotics traffic, total command bases, underground fortresses, satanic worship at Skull and Bones, Bohemian Grove, force bases, nuclear missile command bases, deep orbit, just article beams, savage life extension fortresses. Gay marriage. <laughs> Total. Did you read the New York Times? Oh, we're such intellectuals. Oh. I mean, you people live in the Matrix to think I'm a cook. And White House, you know, connected groups write articles when I talk about begging trendies to listen to me. Alex says no one's listening to them, and he's begging people to listen to him as his credibility falters and as his popularity implodes. Hey, yeah, uh-huh, and, and Kate Upton's ugly. This show is exploding in popularity. People are listening all over the place. Massive, massive awakening is taking place. Massive awakening. <laughs> Huge. That was pause and gravitas. And then I read these articles that are just meant with their little echo chamber socialist followers to read it and to feel like they're the establishment and they're trendy and they're winning. I mean, it's literal mind control of a bunch of pathetic mental midgets busy talking about how smart they are. Wow. Did you say metal midgets? Mental mental midgets. midgets. Wow. So let's just have a quick recap. First woman is just basically having a strop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because she, she, she got a prediction wrong, the arrests aren't happening, and people are saying, ah, you didn't get, the, you didn't get it right, well, you're nothing, you're not at the mouth of Q anymore. QAnon's prediction. She's just a supporter of QAnon, she's not connected to him. That's it. She's just a random, uh, someone with a few internet followers. But yeah, so I think she's just like, just a bit annoyed, trying to yeah. save face a bit. Yes, that's it, trying to save face, best way to put it. This twat. Numerology guy, clutching <laughs> at straws, but hey, I love his inventiveness. He's like a fucking woman at the end of a pier reading tarot cards, just fucking <laughs> utter horseshit pulled out of your ass. Yeah. To calm the weak and feeble-minded. I actually went in a bit of a rabbit hole with this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know what it was. I was like, what the fuck is Gematria? So I looked into it, and I've seen a few of his videos, and it, it yeah. Are you okay, Mike? I'm all right now, but when you go down there... Yeah, but it, it's so... Like, the numerog numerological equivalent, I can't say that, of um, pareidolia, isn't it? Like, if you want to yeah. see the patterns in the numbers and, like, yeah. <gasps> you can make the wall, but couldn't you yeah. also make, like, um, well, There's, like, four, four different... No, there's, there's not just one way of doing it. It's just, like, invert the the alphabet and all this. There's four different ways. So you're basically just, just picking and choosing until yeah. you actually get what you fucking want. So it's like, oh, it yeah. equals 48 on that one. Yeah, okay. and it equals forty-eight on that one. Then we're fucked because our science officers now believe in numerology. <laughs> yeah, well, in all fairness, guys, the, uh, guys, the you moon is was full of fucking lizard people yeah. a few months ago. Oh, so. That's perfectly sensible <laughs> yeah. to make. <laughs> Not if you're the science officer. <laughs> well, that was before I started David. this podcast. <laughs> a year and a half down the line, I'm into gematria and fucking reptile. <laughs> as long as you stay away from the cocaine and the goat's anuses, we're gonna be fine. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, <laughs> number three. I think once again, to be honest, guys. Spoiler alert. 
he's the champion. He's the yeah. king. He's, he's the, the fucking beast of crazy shit. He's the <laughs> he's the he's like the Muhammad Ali of talking insane batshit fucking wank. Isn't he? Wank puffery. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He needs something special to beat him. Verbal wank puffery. Well, he's not, yeah. he has been defeated. He has been touched yeah. by Cage. Jesse Lee Peterson's had a go. Tom yeah. Horn. Pat Robinson's. Okay. Tom. Tom Horn. Little Tommy Horn's had a go. Just like the great he one. on his debut. Just like the great one, Muhammad Ali. He did. You know, he lost a few fights. Yeah. He had a few slip-ups. But pound for pound, Alex is the best shit talker in the world. I think so. My God. This man's propensity for just, uh, just random the things he can come up with off the top of his head. He's like, he's fucking nuts. He's brilliant. He's yeah. evil Professor X. He did the whole list of all the conspiracies in a really long list, <laughs> and then and did his liberal impression. <laughs> He's a oh, yeah, he's for fuck's sake! And the, you couldn't see the visual listener. He was like playing like a big like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, going. I'm Hillary. Um, yeah, that was weird. So yeah, it's it's got to be Alex for me, yeah. guys. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm again, a, I'm a, Alex wins He reigns supreme. Well, Saint Alex. That was fun. It was enlightening. <laughs> what do uh, Jack the Ripper and Thomas the Tank Engine have in common? Go on. Same middle name. Uh, we didn't learn. You didn't learn. <laughs> <laughs> Billingham just wasn't going to be paying attention. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Shot down in flames. I've put at least 20 minutes into that bit. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Next week I'm sitting here in silence. We've got a UFO sex court next week, we find. Oh, okay. I'd join. <laughs> right, wrap it up. <laughs> Alright, so uh, thanks for listening. I've been Ben, and I'm going to say don't drink the flavour aid and don't join a court. Uh, I've been Gaz. Free Biff Talon, and good night. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you.